Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, after dark version. And this could have been a very dark version of the podcast, by the way, because uh, with four minutes left, Illinois down six at last place, Nebraska. But as I wrote my quick hits, and I feel like Derek Piper and Joey Wagner, I've written this many times, Io DeSumo just puts on a Superman cape and saves the day for Illinois, scores 17 of their final 21 points, forces overtime with 10 straight points, 10 regulation, uh, and ends up with 31 points as Illinois staves off what would have been a devastating loss for their Big Ten title hopes, their NCAA number one seed hopes. But here we are, Derek Parker, talking about a win and a game that was really a bad game for Illinois. You're going to remember fondly because number 11 is just the clutchest player in college basketball. Yeah, that's what ultimately you're going to remember at the end of that game and what's going to matter and carry over. He was at it again. You know, that, that's his that's his moment. That's what he works for. Uh, and, and he's very, very comfortable in, in being able to go out and be that kind of player, that special kind of player that we – we, we don't see too often. So for him to make those plays on the stretch, score your final 10 regulation, get you – even just get you to overtime, score seven more in overtime and and has that shot that was the dagger. And, and how many of those – I mean, he's he's closing time killed every team in the league since he's been here. So uh, it's pretty awesome to watch. Uh, was not pretty for Illinois. I still have issues. Uh, the fact that just when they play – teams that they don't necessarily respect i'm guessing that's got to be the only thing only way to put it uh, they don't show up they don't compete as hard so uh that is a little concerning um I, I, NCAA tournament are you going to run to that maybe if you're 215 116 whatever uh that may be but uh to get out of here with the win that that preserves a lot of what you're still hoping for big 10 title one or two seed all, all those things uh that could have went out the window tonight yeah, Joey, let, let's start almost there because like Io deserves all this praise and I want to get into it because it's just ridiculous what he does. But this is a team that I thought had kind of put away. Maybe it doesn't work like that. Maybe you don't put away issues for an entire season. They you know fluctuate, they ebb and flow. But you felt like after the last four games, this is a team that started well with Jake Grandison in the starting lineup. They're now 5-0, and but he was awful to start the game. It did feel like they just disrespected Nebraska, and Nebraska is the worst team in the Big Ten, and boy, they they had moments where they weren't very good, and they were making shots that were a little bit ridiculous, but they were tough. They were physical, and, and Illinois wasn't like ready for it. Maybe they were thinking too much about Michigan as well. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was. And early in the game, they missed their first two shots, and Nebraska got up, and I thought, is this a slow start? I don't know if this constitutes a slow start, but it certainly feels like one against a team that's lost 25 straight Big Ten games. But we haven't seen that in a while. Like, it has been a long time since we've seen that Illinois team. I would think Maryland, I'm drawing a blank on the Ohio State game, but it's been a while since we've seen that. And I don't understand. I kept trying to sit there and piece it together. Like, okay, it's it's freezing cold in Lincoln. You've been stuck in a hotel effectively since like six o'clock last night it's a late game it's a team that you really by all accounts they, they should have won that game much more handily and then I thought okay did, did they overlook it and then you kind of put all these weird COVID qualifiers on it to try to explain it and then at some point you think this is the number six team in the country against the last place team in the Big Ten the qualifiers shouldn't matter here this should have been a game that was over much much sooner now I did feel like if they got to overtime they were going to be just fine because it was going to balance itself out that way but it's really perplexing to me 
just because we haven't seen that version of them in a while. Yeah. And Derek, I, I wanted to ask you this because I, I mean, you're going to have nights where you don't shoot well and you're going to lose games and other teams play like Ohio state, right? Like that'll happen. Um, it's, it's the games where effort things like you got out rebounded by Nebraska that that shouldn't happen, right? Like defensively in the first half, a bad Nebraska team at one point, I looked down and they had 1.3 points per possession. And it's like, that's just focus and effort. And, you know, it doesn't mean Illinois can't win a national championship or, you know, be in the final four or win the big 10, but um, you're not going to win the big 10 really. If, if you do that anymore on your schedule, because, I know Northwestern, you're able to overcome it. I know Nebraska, you're able to overcome it. You got Northwestern again. But to win the Big Ten, you got to beat Wisconsin again. You got to beat Ohio State again. You're going to have to beat Michigan and Michigan State again, right? Like, so you can't afford uh, these kind of, you know, effort, effortless kind of first halves and effortless moments in the second half, too. Yeah, it's clearly effort when you're giving up that many offensive rebounds to a team like Nebraska that they have a good amount of length and and size on the wing, but down low uh, that shouldn't be happening with what they're you know trying to combat and Kofi and everything. And uh, you could just see it; they were they were getting beat to to the ball for hustle plays and a lot of mental breakdowns defensively, just giving up easy looks or not getting back in transition. The transition defense was really really bad. Um, there are a couple of times where Coleman Hawkins lost his guy or, or, or just didn't get out and, and contest. And uh, yeah, those are things that you gotta, you gotta put behind you. This team dealt with that in the, in the middle of January. It was a big reason why they were kind of underachieving and we figured that they had, had put that away, but uh, shows up tonight. And do I expect it to happen against a Michigan team or an Ohio state team? Probably not because they'll be up for that game and they will be, they'll be dialed in, but some of those things can still trickle over and uh, habits that you want to have. So uh, it was concerning and, and I'm sure it'll be addressed, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you maybe just chalk it up to Nebraska, but there, there's no doubt that Illinois played a lot of ugly basketball tonight. All right, guys, can we combine on this? Because I do got to focus on the Iowa DeSumo, just ridiculousness. Um, what are the games he's saved? Right, like Wisconsin was kind of one of the first big ones, right? Um, I don't remember if Rutgers last year was one, but certainly Michigan, right? He came back and, and won that game. This one is certainly up there. Uh, earlier in the year was, I mean, Penn State at Penn State last year. Uh, I mean, th- there are like eight games now, eight or nine games where he's had game winners in the final minute or two. I, I don't know if you still have like that stat, Derek, or if you're going to go back and figure it out, but uh, he's, he's had more game winners than it feels like all of these other Illini greats combined. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to run the numbers again, <laughs> but I, it was his freshman year, Michigan state when ESPN was in town and, and he hit that shot, the, the, the old Dan Dock, it just isn't going to end well for yeah. Illinois. Uh, at Wisconsin, at Michigan last year, at Penn State last year, uh, and then home games against Rutgers. And even, I think, Northwestern, that game was within a possession or so, within a minute to go, and he hits one of those those pull-ups. Um, was Iowa, of course, uh, the, the last one there, and, and he hits another one of those. So he's done it to just about everybody, um, and in a few different ways. Tonight wasn't at that elbow spot that he's kind of made his own, but – um it's it's crazy i think he's got indiana at home last year was in there he hit a late three and a couple free throws and maybe ohio state his freshman year didn't they get a 
a win there. I remember some. They're at Ohio State. I'd forgotten yeah, that was one. Yeah, so it's, it's everyone. I, I think he's gotten every single <laughs> team in this league or pretty close to it. If he hasn't gotten you yet, you don't like. I, I wrote in my quick hits. I'm like, don't give him a chance because he's going to take advantage of it. And and Joey, I kept hitting like in the post game with Io and Brad. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out like what happens because all of a sudden he gets to the rim at will. He finishes shots he didn't finish before. He's making shots that he missed earlier in games. And it just feels like the the, the Red Sea parts, they don't run the offense. They just give it to Io and he'll figure it out. But it's just, he's got, Brad said he's got it, Jeremy. Like It's, it's all it is. Uh, the last play, they didn't even really run anything. It was just Io making a jumper uh, by himself. <laughs> the thing that was kind of interesting to me is like he, it almost feels like he perceives these slights or shortcomings in his mind and then just goes nuts from there. Like he said, he talked about missing the front end of the one and one. They hit a three, it's a five point game. And at that point, like that was the switch. And after that happened, that was, that was the end. And it's like, okay, maybe that's everybody, but not everybody can kind of put it all together and take that slight. And if not even a slight, I don't even know what to call it. Just a, a situation, I guess. And, and be able to execute that down the stretch like he does. And I'm sure if you were to break down, it'd be fun to do to break down with them. And he's probably got those moments in each of those games that he's just kind of like, okay, I didn't do well here or this happened and sorry for everybody else on the floor because this is my time. Yeah, Derek, like, what is it about his game? Like, even, I know the Mamba mentality, right? Like, he's such a Kobe Bryant fan. He studies these guys. But what is it about his, like, skill set game that he's able to do this? Yeah, I do think a lot of his mental and the way that he studied it and he understands what kind of shots that he wants to get to. He want, He understands his spots on the floor, the way he sees the defense. And, and if he's going to get one-on-one, particularly with the way Nebraska just couldn't keep him in front, he, he's going to attack that. So, um, but I mean, he's studied, we, we've talked to him over the last two and a half years, how much he studied the history of the game and, and Kobe was his guy and Jordan. He knows that that's what it takes to be great is to be great in those, those final stretches. So uh, he's thought a lot about that. He prepares, uh, you know, in that way. And, really throughout his career in high school too, there's just so much pressure and attention on him and just having to perform. Uh, so that doesn't really rattle him. He actually feeds on that. So I, I do think a lot of it is just is the mental and the emotion of it and just getting dialed in. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he can break you down. He can get to the rim. He can hit the pull up. Uh, there's a lot of different things that he can do and, and he is willing to make the pass there if it's there, but one-on-one uh, -on -one, he, he's very confident that he's going to, be able to create a shot and make it. Brad had a great, great quote to end his presser. He said on IO's like closing ability. I don't know what the last chapter will look like, but the middle chapters are damn hellacious. <laughs> and and sometimes being a great coach is getting great players. And it's it's amazing what IO has done. And and guys, I mean, we we've, we've talked about you know the Indiana win, how much that means for the season. You know, you stack wins no matter how you stack them, how pretty it is. And these are two big wins after some pretty wins, right? Like Iowa was a pretty win. Wisconsin was a pretty win. You have an ugly win at Indiana where your best player sitting out and Trent Frazier, Curbelo, and Coburn step up. And then in this game, Iowa just puts you on his back. Kofi put you on his back for 10 minutes of that game too. And we'll get into that. But he just puts you on his back and he finds a way to get a win. If you don't get this one... 
you're what three losses back of Michigan. I, I don't feel like you have really a chance to get back into the Big Ten title unless you really probably run the table. Um, so Derek, I mean, this is a monster win, and if you didn't pull this off, if Iowa doesn't make these shots, all of a sudden um, you, you're back to probably a three seed probably number 10, 12 in the country, um, and, and you're trying to figure out a way to get to the two-seed line again. Now everything's still up there, right, as, as ugly as this one was at times. Yeah, and, and Brad said it probably the best way is just winners win, and, and that is what it boils down to. And that team, the team last year, and we talked about it a lot, was able to to get in that mode during their stretches where they, they found different ways to win games, ugly games, whatever it was. It, it was – uh, in the balance, and they were able to come out with the victory, and that's that's what is ultimately important. And you're preserving those moments where we're not going to look back probably and think too much about uh, you know this game, but uh, the fact that Iowa's going to have these moments now at Ohio State or at Wisconsin or, or at Michigan, that those are the moments that you know that he wants and what this team wants with so much on the line, and uh, you, you need something like tonight to come out on the right side to be able to still have those. So uh, it's important. And, and, and there is a bit of an it factor for a team uh, that can find a way to win like that. But at the same time, they didn't play very well. It was ugly, but uh, yeah, you take the dub. Yeah, Joey, the, the line between winning and losing, it's it's so small in the Big Ten. Usually not against Nebraska, but, but it is usually small in the Big Ten. I'll tell you what, like Nebraska made some plays – not a lot of them, and really, ultimately, they obviously left too much time. But they made some plays. They had a couple three-pointers late that, like, those five-point games with less than two or three minutes, it's like, oh, shoot, like, this feels like a pretty big hole. And Nebraska did that, but they didn't have an answer for Io. And, yeah, that, that line is – I just keep thinking of maybe weirdly, like, the narrative about this team if they go to Lincoln. And, oh, that's my fault. Go ahead. <laughs> After dark, man. And lose to a Nebraska team that hasn't beaten anybody in the Big Ten forever. And, like, then what is the – you say? Did you say 25 straight losses? So they yeah, start... what they went on and on about on the telecast? Yeah, so they were 2-2. Two and two. I, I didn't hear that. Like, I'm in my own world. But 2-2, two and two, they started for Fred Hoiberg, and he's lost 25 straight. It's oh, like January goodness. 2020, I believe. <laughs> Like Going into just, tonight, Hoiberg was two and twenty-five in Big Ten play. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like I, that's not working. It, I mean, they played tough tonight, but like, I know it's early, and I know, but Tim Miles was pretty good. Like, I mean, he's taking over this thing, and like, I don't know hardly any of these these people that are on his team because he's going this transfer out, Derek. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a bad start, man. No, it, it's not good. Uh, Trey McGowan is, is, uh, is all right. He's five for 20 tonight. His brother's pretty good. I realized that today. I don't know how I didn't know this, but his brother, five-star recruit coming in next year. So that, that is a little bit of help. And I, Fred will probably figure it out here in a couple of years, but the, their rosters right now is – it's it's gross. It's ugly. But, <laughs> Which is uh, why tonight well, was was concerning. <laughs> well, one more point, though, Jeremy. How many times did we – I mean, we've covered and, – and, Joe, you, you've been on the beat long enough, but in choir, we, we watched a lot of losing seasons. How many times <laughs> – we love the Malcolm Hill ball in his hand at the yeah. end of the game. It just seemed like there were so many times where it's so close, but couldn't close, couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about that. As great as Malcolm was, all I, I don't remember a game-winning shot for him. 
and he had many opportunities. And it's maybe, I mean, Io's faster. He can get to the rim, right? He's just a better player than Malcolm. And, and I can't imagine Malcolm and, you know, Io on the same team. Um, Ravante hit a couple, right, in his short time here. But, um, and, and that made a difference for John Gross. It just didn't make a big enough difference uh, to, to make the NCAA tournament. But it's, it's just ridiculous. All right, when we come back, let's talk about the rest of the team. And uh, we'll look ahead to what Illinois has next. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search the rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. All right, we, we have to mention Kofi Coburn, guys. Um, he dominated this game for 10 minutes. Was quiet probably the other, I don't know, 35. But there was a middle stretch there where, where Joey, they really struggled to get him the ball early in the game, and they just had no, like, response to it. They had no counter to it for a while. Uh, but then Kofi's really the guy who got them – uh, back into this game. He ends up with 21 points, 13 rebounds. You know, has 11 double-doubles in 13 Big Ten games. Um, you know, the two superstars carried most of the weight yet again. And uh, without Kofi's huge contribution, I think it was he had two points and one rebound in the first 15 minutes. And next 10, he had like 15 points and seven rebounds. It was It was ridiculous. And he's just dunking on everything. Nebraska really worked hard to deny him the ball. I mean, they worked really, really hard to make that – a challenge to get it in there and, and to your point yeah Illinois kind of stood around like I don't know now I, that that was it that was my idea and now that's gone and we've got to figure something else out and it took them a while to do that but when Kofi gets going it's pretty clear that there's not a lot of answers for the guy I mean there's just not not no one person is going to be able to give the answers that a team needs at this point the dunks are just hilarious right I mean it's like they just lowered the rim and he's just just dunking every time he wants to do it, but but he's actually dunking, right? Like he's not he's not like just pushing the ball at the rim. Like he is throwing it down. I don't know if he added more, but did he have five tonight? I believe, guys. Like he had five at one point late in the game. He's got thirteen dunks the last two games. I think Derek, we've covered seasons where Illinois <laughs> didn't have thirteen dunks. Yeah, there were Mav dunks, and that was a <laughs> a big deal on Twitter. Like that was that was all we really had. Um, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, Joey wrote about it earlier this week, the, that picture with Io and Kofi doing the Shaq and Kobe. And that's, that was Shaq and Kobe. Uh, and that's what we've seen really the last two games. And, uh, to attack the rim with that kind of ferocity is impressive. Uh, you get Trent Frazier to, to give you a little bit of Derek Fisher and, uh, Rick Fox, Georgie, Bishanis really didn't, didn't show up tonight. But, uh, yeah, when you get two rolling like that at that high of a level, I mean, you're going to, you're going to win games and, uh, Kofi's just 
ever it's been a record a record repeating but ever since big 10 play it's just been wow 52 52 of 77 points tonight joey those two we got to wonder a little bit for Kofi, like what did he have down the stretch in that overtime left? Because Georgie didn't give you enough to really give Kofi any longstanding breaks on the bench, and they were making Kofi work. I mean, he, he had to work really, really hard to get the catches to get there. And, I mean, he, he held it together. I don't know if, like, November Kofi is able to stay out there. I just, I mean, he just really, there was a game after he literally did like wind sprints on the court because he needed to get extra work. Like, I don't know if that version of Kofi, this version that we saw existed two months ago. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that, Julian. I just looked at the box score, 39 minutes. That's a career high. He played, I mean, you can't even imagine him playing 39 minutes last year. And, and you could see, I mean, the free throws, it looked like he mm-hmm. got banged up a little bit there late. Uh, but but Derek, I mean, this guy comes back, and I, we can debate whether he's an NBA draft pick or not. But if if we're talking most improved in the Big Ten, if we're doing most improved player, I mean, this guy's got a great great chance at it. And he was the Big Ten freshman of the year last year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the way that he's able to score with such efficiency around the rim, uh, the defensive part is is crazy. Uh, but he continues to show he has four blocks tonight. Uh, and just the consistency and the, and the productivity to, to go from, I mean, he had, a, he had a really good year last year, but now to be in an all-American conversation, definitely in, the, you know, in that group of, of most improved and just to, to elevate to that level um, of productivity as a big guy. He's, I wrote about it this week and going back and looking at that big man class of, of 2019, he was the 12th ranked center, way out playing that ranking and just his impact over two seasons. I and mean, you can, look back and I know that EJ is probably going to play three, four years Drew Timmy, same thing. Uh, Kofi might be the best big man get, maybe the best get out of that class period. Yeah, no, I mean that, that's the thing about college basketball, like Duke has to figure out in Kansas and all these teams, like it might be better to land that guy who's number 35, who's there for two or three years. Right. And you know, it's amazing. Those two come back. Look how good you are. If they didn't, who knows? Illinois is probably uh, where Indiana or maybe even lower than that right now. Um, all right. I, I wanted to bring up two other guys, the Peoria guys, I thought played big roles tonight. DeMonte and Adam Miller combined for 12 rebounds. I thought that was key for a team that wasn't rebounding well. Those were the two guys getting after it. Uh, Miller hit a, go- a couple big shots, I thought, early in that second half, a three and then a mid-range jumper. Uh, and then Trent, I didn't think, had a very good game but he made some big shots, hit a big three uh, late in that second half, or I guess midway, and then hit a couple big free throws late just to, to seal the game. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, though, Frazier, Coburn, Miller, DeSumo, the only Illini to score in that game. Uh, but Derek, Derek what do you think of like the supporting cast of Miller um, and, and those other guys? I mean, Hawkins had a couple good minutes, but it wasn't that great. Curbelo was awful. Bashanishvili yeah. was outside the first five minutes he got in the game. Curbelo was really bad. Bashanishvili uh, gave you nothing tonight either, and, and Grandison was was bad. So you needed a little bit of a boost, and, and some of those other guys did. Yeah, Miller's effort uh, on the glass was, was really encouraging. To, really to secure that that rebound late in overtime it was big, and uh, still like him defensively with what he's bringing to the table. There's some shots that are open that he should still be able to make from three at a, at a higher rate. Um, and, and that's something that you'll still continue to look to see, but it was nice 
uh, to get that mid-range jumper and, and have him do some some good things. Demate, in a game where you're getting out physical and out toughed, uh, for him to be slotted in there and to give you that that energy, that grit, that toughness, um, and had a couple blocks as well. That, that was good to see. Uh, Hawkins to hit a three, that was great. Uh, I think that's something he's really going to be able to bring to the table. He's going to be a really fun offensive player throughout his career, um, but it did make some defensive mistakes uh, that – it hurt you a little bit, but not too bad. Yeah, like you said, Kerbala was oh, it was really bad. Grandison was worse, and Georgie just three fouls in six minutes and didn't do anything else. No, Joey, any thoughts on those guys? I mean, the other four guys took four shots. Like literally combined, they took four shots, and it didn't like kill them this game, right? They won, but and now that, that's not fair because I think Demonte was far and away the best of those four like he was the break in case of you know break the glass in case of emergency when Grandison was getting back cut to death in the first like three possessions DeMonte came in quickly and kind of cleaned that up but to I don't know four shots just seems low like you got to make the defense at least be fairly honest at times and I thought Curbelo had a couple he should have taken and then most of all three that he did take he probably shouldn't have taken I mean, the, the floaters were not good at all. I mean, they just had a lot of float to them. They did, man. They were like shot clock. I think, like, you got to – it didn't hurt this game, right? But it was also Nebraska. Yeah. And at some point, you're going to need more than just your two guys and a couple other – you know, one or two other eight to ten-point guys – to do this and look I mean it's not like these guys aren't capable offensively and and early Curbelo was good I mean he kind of he lit the fuse early on there and defense continues to be a thing for him and, and some of these these passes and this decision to dribble in to effectively the bench there's so many Nebraska guys around him like it, some of that stuff's got to get worked out but it didn't hurt him but it was Nebraska <laughs> It hurt him. It didn't cost him. A yeah, win. it didn't, didn't cost him. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it's just it's just decision making. Um, sometimes that guy looks like a twenty five year old NBA vet, right? Like, and then there's times he looks like he's on the you know and one circuit trying to pull this stuff off, and it's like you can't do that. Can't do that at this point. Um, he's just a bad decision maker at times, but. Here we are. Uh, Illinois gets the win. I, I, this is their worst win of the season. It actually dropped them to a six to six in the Ken Palm tonight. Um, so we'll see. I don't think it's going to impact them too much in the net, but we'll see. Uh, but they actually drop after this win. But it is a win, and they have now won nine of their last eleven games. But I think this is probably their worst performance. Is this the worst performance of the year? Like is. Or was Ohio? I guess Ohio is probably their worst performance. I think Ohio is better than Nebraska, though. So. Ohio is better than Nebraska. <laughs> I also give them credit. Like that was the third game of the season, right? Yes. So it's like, yeah, that kind of washes. I think this is the worst. Yeah, I think like I'm looking at these losses and I'm like, yeah, Baylor. Oh no, no one's gonna say that. Missouri's a pretty good team. You played on the road. Rutgers at the time was really good. Uh, Maryland, like they're better than Nebraska. I know it's at home and you didn't play very well, but I, I thought this this performance was worse. And, and Ohio State's really really good, and you didn't play very good defense. So it's the worst performance of the year, and you find a way to get a win. So I guess that's the upside of it. Yeah, I mean. Take it. 
Yeah, how negative can you be, right? <laughs> <laughs> weird game. Yeah. Seriously, just like the whole buildup. It's just a very, very weird experience with the Michigan kerfluffle. And when it's an 8 p.m. tip-off on a Friday and it's Nebraska, Derek, and it was scheduled on Monday, like, I get it. I, I get why they're, like, I wasn't very up for this one. I was like, all right, I'm going to write my quick hits. I'm going to stay up late for a game they're definitely going to win. Well, they won, but, uh, you know, because they have Iowa and Kofi. But, man, uh, they showed up like I showed up tonight, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was dangerous. And the fact that Nebraska had the ball on that final possession, they didn't do anything with it, but they, they could have <laughs> then – you know, what a hit that shot. They could have sent you home. I mean, I was talking about, uh, you know, let's go home. Let's get out of here. They, they could have definitely sent you home. And it would have been – I mean, they said on the broadcast, I'd, I'd have to do some more digging. would have been the biggest upset of the season. Maybe – definitely in the Big Ten. I mean, uh, so, yeah, but like you said, nine of winning 9 of 11 to go on that kind of a run to put the pressure on Michigan would be really in, interesting to see how they look on Sunday at Wisconsin, we've seen some teams come back from COVID pauses that have not been in stride or, or had that, that positive momentum and maybe lose a game, lose a couple games. And uh, yeah, all eyes on Michigan and Lions fans have definitely had them on their minds here a lot recently. I'm looking at some of the top teams in the country. Yes. I think that would have been the worst, worst upset. Uh, even Houston, East Carolina is like the same is is Nebraska in the Ken Palm? Uh, so Didn't somebody way. lose to the San Francisco Fighting Samba Canes <laughs> at yeah. some point? I, San Francisco beat somebody. Didn't that was they? Uh, Virginia, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Maybe that's one. All right, you got Northwestern up next on Tuesday on the road at Minnesota, who is awesome at home. They're thirteen and one now uh, at home after their win the other day uh, against Purdue, which is a big win for them and their NCAA tournament hopes. Derek, just what do you think about this uh, upcoming stretch next week? I mean, Illinois should remain, you know, top six. I don't know if they're going to fall in the actual rankings uh, after this, but you got Northwestern, Minnesota, Michigan State, three pretty winnable games, you'd think. But uh, Northwestern's one of the last ones on, at home. You have one more home game after that, and that's the Michigan makeup, and then you you got to find ways to win games on the road. Yeah, you'd think that Brad would have their attention after – Tonight's performance, the fact they were down 15 at home or at Northwestern. So to get them at home, uh, would imagine they would, would be up for that game. It'd be nice to them to have that flip, have that switch flipped early on and, and be able to kind of build a lead and, and, and step on their throat. And uh, I mean, it's a Big Ten game. It's not always going to be as simple as it sounds, but uh, to take care of business there, going on the road, like you said, Minnesota's tough and uh, plays night and day uh, the way they are able to compete and beat some really good teams on their home floor and uh, versus where they, they go on the road and they get beat by double digits everywhere. So uh, that'll, that'll be a challenge. Michigan state's playing a little bit better. You can't take anything for granted there. And then uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio state, they're, they're big road trips coming up and a lot to play for. So that's definitely exciting. Joey, final thoughts. I think this is a really big week. I mean, this is a chance to to keep the momentum, and I think Derek nailed it. Literally, all eyes on Michigan right now because how they play in their first game or two games coming out of this pause could determine literally everything. And it's going to be fast and furious for them. What they got eleven games in possibly twenty two days or something? Like that. It's going to be ridiculous. not if he has Jawan Howard. <laughs> he is he is not playing that game. 
Probably I mean, should, but that's a different topic. I, I mean, they are going to play almost every other night, and they have so many games to make up and so many teams that this is like this is where Illinois like getting this win is so big just to keep pressure on them because Michigan will probably lose a couple games here. I think they're a great team. I think they're deserving to be the Big Ten front runner when they've played. But now what do they look like? What you know, playing this many games in this many days is a disadvantage for them as well. Uh, but also, you know, you got Ohio State that, that is playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Uh, they have some games that are winnable, home against Indiana at Penn State, but then they got some tough games, Michigan, Iowa, Illinois. Um, this is gonna be fun, man, but you have to you have to find a way to win these games to to keep ahead of those teams and to keep putting pressure on them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Everyone's looking at Michigan. Meanwhile, Ohio State's just racking them up and looking really good doing it. Yeah, and, and Wisconsin's 9-5. and five. Iowa comes back, gets a win. Um, this is what's fun about the Big Ten is it is incredibly intense. Joey, what were you drinking? Uh, Sierra Nevada. Yeah? Derek's That's the only a great one, choice. Derek's the only one not drinking during this podcast. Yeah, what the way. heck, man? This is <laughs> lame as heck. Get your water? You, you being a responsible little, adult? Little, little. Protein shake? Surprise, it's vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking a 312, by the way. That's that's the go-to. Hey, here. Sounds good, actually. Very nice. All right, boys. Have a good night. Uh, appreciate you hopping on, man. Yep, thanks, man. All right, see you. Fun. All right, there you have it. Illinois finds a way to get a win. Wasn't pretty. Wasn't one that you feel too great about, except you have the best closer in college basketball, and you have one of the most dominant big men uh, in the country you find a way to win. And, and as Brad Underwood kind of alluded to in his post-game press conference, it's like we're having a bad start to a hole in golf, but you find a way to par it, you take it, you forget about it, uh, you try to learn from it, but you really just move on uh, and, and uh, appreciate and that you're fortunate enough to get out with a par. And that's how Illinois was with its win tonight. All right, I'm going to be working on my player grades. Derek Piper working on a story on what else? Io DeSumo and Joey Wagner working on a story on uh, what this win means for Illinois uh, just to get it and, and how they got it. Uh, so that'll all be coming up at Illini Inquirer as well. We got Brad Underwood post game press conference, Io DeSumo post game press conference going up on the site as well. Everybody have a good day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast.